69 offense. He was giving them the business. I like Pittsburgh, I always have. If, if they had a bigger airport, I'd live here. <laughs> so I told our players, I tried to let it out the front door. Cat's still going crazy in there. Be a dog. We don't need no meows. We don't need no cats. We need more dogs. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Backyard Football Podcast. I'm Nick Hosshalter. And I'm Nathan Grella. And we've got another full episode. As always, we are going to start out with picks against the spread from last week. Then we're going to move into our previews for the game of the week. And then talk about the rest of the game. So, pretty much any other episode, but it's going to be a good one. Yep, because we are talking about probably the biggest matchup of the year so far in California and West Green, so something to be excited about. I am kind of sick right now, so kind of dealing with a head cold, so my voice might sound a little funny, or I might be coughing or sniffling, so don't think that I'm dying, but I feel like it. (laughs) All right, let's get into it, shall we? Okay, picks against the spread. You know the drill. We don't actually put money on this. It's just a fun way to analyze the games. And um, speaking of teams that are having fun right now, California Trojans travels to Jefferson Morgan. Um, California, we had as a 31-point favorite, which is huge. Both of us picked the over, which is downright embarrassing. But California comes through, as always, ends up winning 69-21. Big we- offensive day for the Trojans That is at a- home. Against Jefferson Morgan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they did not take their foot off the gas. That's a lot of points. Yes, it is. 69 is uh, big against any team, especially a team that we thought in the midseason preview would be a little bit more improved against California. Maybe a trap game for California, but California came in ready, um, and they won it pretty decisively. A team that also won pretty decisively was East Allegheny, who came in as nine-point favorites. They showed a lot more than we thought they would against Carmichael's, because Carmichael's is a pretty good team at home, and they won 53-22. to We both picked the under, and I picked the under and win, and we were both wrong. So East Allegheny, not a team that we cover regularly, so we didn't know as much about them. Uh, we knew they were strong. Um, we know that Carmichael's is not the best team in their division, but they have definitely shown improvement. Um, so I guess I'm not all that surprised at the score. Uh, 53-22 is a beatdown. But, you know, we know that Carmichael's isn't a powerhouse by any means. No. So, But you definitely want to expect more from the Mikes at home. So hopefully we'll see that this week against another tough opponent. Mapletown traveled to Chartier's Houston. And we both were pretty sure of the winner of this game. And... It was Chargers Houston. They won 42 to 8. Just getting that under were the Maples, um, only holding the Bucks to 42 points. The spread was 37, and we both picked the over, and we were both wrong. Unfortunately, this is one of those spreads where it's just like you're just basically just pitch, picking how much the winner will win by. Um, and <laughs> we were just slightly over. <laughs> just a little bit. Uh, yeah, they won. They won by. A lot, but not quite as much as we expected. But still, anything really above 35 points doesn't really have much meaning in football, honestly. Yeah. It's just, you know, that's just a lot of points on anybody. And speaking of a lot of points, this is maybe one of the most disrespectful scores I've seen. Um, a 51-point spread, and West Green gets the over at 55. Of course, 51 is the max spread you can have, so... Um, 
just getting that over slightly. I have a feeling West Green played a lot of backups in this game, and that's why it was uh, so lopsided, but not lopsided as much as we thought. But it was a 55 nothing crushing of the Avella Eagles for the Pioneers, and they're getting set for another home matchup this weekend, and we'll be talking about that later. Yeah. Best center, travel to Charleroi. Um, Charleroi was a good team that we thought would win, and they did, but probably not as decisively as we thought. Yeah, so they picked up the 27-8 win over Beth Center. As we know, Beth Center has been struggling. They have yet to win a game this year. I feel like we have to say that every week because of how surprising it is based on where they were last year. Um, Charleroi is a strong team. They're they're kind of in a similar uh, situation as um, maybe Carmichael's in some ways. Now, okay, trust me. I think Charleroi is a lot better than Carmichael's. But they're not one of those elite teams. But they're not elite in the division, but they they'll make the playoffs easily. Yeah, they're a good team. They're a very good team. So maybe a little surprising that they didn't put more points up on Beth Center, but at the same time you're looking at that eight points that Beth Center scored, and you're just thinking, man, how far has this team fallen? Yeah. You know where their their offense is just not doing anything. And you could you can imagine this game sort of being a. Lo- be a bit run heavy and that's why the score is so low um you could also imagine that uh beth center played a more california wash high-esque game and then the clock was was just um running a lot and it ended up being low scoring um a game that was not low scoring though was manesson at bentworth and manesson put a 60 burger on bentworth um it was 60 to 3 final score i who if I were to play this game 100 times over, I wouldn't bet that Bentworth would get a field goal, but they did, and they lost by 57 points. The spread was 27. It was a really, really good game for Maness and a team that's really struggled to put points on the board the first half, and all of a sudden they got 60 against Bentworth, so the Greyhounds might be turning around soon. Yeah, I'm ashamed to say I picked the under, <laughs> mainly for the reason you said. Um it's difficult because Manesson hasn't seemed to be an incredibly strong offense so far. We know how good their defense is. Like Nathan said, might be even a little surprising that Bentworth got three. <laughs> but uh, Manesson's offense explodes onto the scene, puts up 60 points against a weak team, but hey, 60 points is 60 points. So that they're definitely a team that I think we'll be paying a little more attention to in the future after this game. Yep. All right, and then Brownsville was at Jeanette. I think we all knew that Jeanette would win this game. Jeanette is just a much more complete football team than Brownsville is, but the spread was 33, and they won 49 nothing. And that's really not a good sign if you're Brownsville and their defense. Obviously, you're playing a team that's way overmatched than you, but uh, it's kind of disappointing from the Falcons that they weren't able to score <laughs> at least. Um, they they were at least able to score against Wash High, and between yeah. Jeanette and Wash High, I think it's pretty even. So, kind of disappointing for Brownsville. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's in some ways a bit of a regression to play what was admittedly a very strong first quarter against Wash High. They had some chances to really shake things up a little bit. Obviously, it didn't work out, but from my impression, that wasn't the case with Jeanette. Um it's really tough to see a team get shut out, even if... It's difficult to shut out any team. I mean, like we said, Bentworth at least scored three against Manesson. So you're a little concerned with for Brownsville at this point. 
maybe a team that doesn't quite deserve the record that they have, but that's how football is. All right, and then let's just mention this score because it's really not worth talking about, but Wash I at home against Frazier won 64-7. The spread was 43. We both picked over. Now, let's go into Central Valley at Waynesburg Central. Now, Waynesburg Central has been a team that's really been struggling lately, um, and their struggles continue. They were 30-point home dogs against Central Valley, and they lost by way more than that. So, really disappointing for the Raiders, uh, a team that we thought would at least be a little bit improved from last year, but they are nowhere close to where they were last year right now, just based on how their defense has been playing against teams that are better than them. You'd hope that they would overachieve a little bit this year, but that is not the case at all. Yeah, I just don't think they're living quite a, quite living up to expectations. They had a couple nice games at the beginning of the year, but you've seen them maybe lose some confidence, um, some regression. And as we've said, they have a really, really tough schedule. So you can't blame them in that sense. They're playing some of the best teams in the state uh, for for their size, but it's still disappointing. Um, I think they should have been able to keep it under 30 against Central Valley. But, and really, again, you're looking at the offense because, you know, 42 points, that's a lot for sure. But it's high school football. It's not that uncommon. You'd like to see them score more than six. Yeah, definitely. Um, Just a tough season for the Raiders this year. Another person, another team with a tough season ahead is Laurel Highlands, and they got crushed by West Mifflin. Now, looking at the score, they lost by 39, and Trinity lost by 40 to West Mifflin. So what that tells me is um, Laurel Highlands and Trinity are pretty even as far as talent and skill. So that's the exciting game at the end of the year that I'm looking forward to. But just about every game between then for both teams, I'm not looking forward to for Trinity and Laurel Highlands because both teams are struggling. Although Trinity did get a win this weekend against Indiana, so are the, is those two games kind of were a little bit? Uh, it wasn't surprising for Laurel Highlands, but I think Trinity really showed a lot of heart in their win. So, is there anything you want to speak to about that? Not particularly. I mean, I think you just about covered it. Um, you know, Laurel Highlands. Like you said, lost by 39. Trinity lost by 40. Um, West Mifflin's just a great team. They're complete. Their quarterback is probably the best I've seen so far in all the games I've covered live. Throws the best ball, and that's their backup. So can't really complain too much about that. And I'll be, I'm very interested to see where where West Mifflin goes in the postseason because I think they have a pretty good chance to make a nice little run there. Um, unfortunately, I don't think you can say the same about Laurel Highlands or Trinity, but you never know. Yeah. And then our game of the week was McGuffey at Southmoreland. We didn't go to this game, but we did read a couple pretty well-written articles about it, just how the game went. Um, the game ended a little more lopsided than it actually was. Uh, Southmoreland came out of the gate really hot, and they were leading in the first quarter and early second, but McGuffey just came in and slammed the door on him. So um, a really good game played by McGuffey's offense, I think, to come back from being down. Um, Nick picked the over on the 11-point spread, and I picked the under, and Nick was correct. The spread was 11, and, of course, they won 55-28. So um, I think you really got to look at the weapons emerging for McGuffey coming out of this game. So any anything you want to speak to about that? Yeah, I think that this is a really good sign for McGuffey because we talk a lot about how good their defense is. 
Um, that's a notable thing about McGuffey. They haven't had the most explosive offense, um, from what I remember, for the rest of the season. So 55 points against a very solid South Moreland team, that's something to be proud of for sure. Um, and I, I just think that they're looking better and better. McGuffey yeah. continues to impress. Definitely. Um, one thing that was talked about was, um, I believe for Southmoreland, Riley Comforti was their best receiver, and he did not, did not get one touchdown. C.J. Cole had him wrapped up the entire game, and that was really um, the story of the game was Southmoreland, especially in the second half, was unable to connect with their receivers, and Southmoreland doesn't have that strong of a running game. They don't have that strong of a of a blocking game. So when their quarterback is not able to find his receivers for points, um, it just puts their offense in a hole. And McGuffey really shut down the, the lines in this game, both offense and defense. Um, it's just, at Southmoreland, it's just there's a big skill gap between the skill players from Southmoreland and then the skill players from McGuffey. And then there's a huge gap between the not skill players for each team and McGuffey. Yeah, the I think the the line play is one of the huge uh, differentiating factors between these teams. I think if you took the skill players from South Moreland and you put them with McGuffey's line, you'd have a really good team. Yeah. Um, very good team. But that's just not how you win games. You know, you can have you can have the guys to catch the ball, you can have the guys to run the ball, but if you don't have anyone up front to make sure that the quarterback doesn't sack or you don't get tackled for a loss before you can break anything loose. You know, I mean, that's something you see in football all the time. Saquon Barkley, perfect example. Probably the best running back in the country. Look at the Giants' offensive line. And then Nate Yeagle was another player that shined for McGuffey as well. Um, Coming out of the slot and out of the backfield, he really played well. Um, Was a nominee for Player of the Week in the Whippeal. And he was a name that we didn't really emphasize about because they have a lot of offensive weapons and C.J. Cole and Ty Smith and um, McKinley Whipke and Nate Yeagle was kind of that undersized guy that we kind of underestimated and then he just came out in this game and was amazing him and C.J. Cole so um, McGuffey is seemingly creating weapons out of midair um, Johnson got 100 yards of, of running as well he's a name that we didn't hadn't really heard of before this game um, and that was really promising for McGuffey as well. So McGuffey is really showing that their skill players are, uh, they should be enough to stand with Wash High, I think. I agree. And I think this game just makes that matchup between McGuffey and Wash High even more exciting. Yeah. I and mean, we this haven't is really be a seen, really close game. Yeah. We haven't really seen Wash High get tested all year either. And McGuffey has, and McGuffey hadn't got tested either heading in this game, but going down early and then coming back out of the hole and ending up winning by a lot of points. I think that really shows promise in this team. Um, you never know what Washai will do in the next couple weeks. Obviously, they have to travel to South Moreland, too. So we'll hopefully be able to use the transitive property um, to see how how well both teams played against South Moreland in South Moreland. So hopefully that, hopefully that game will be a little bit closer for South Moreland if they have hopes of winning this division. Yeah, and it's going to be tough for them. Um, it's they really don't have much of a shot after this loss. You know, you got to beat McGuffey, you got to beat Wash High if you want to succeed here. But I mean, if South Moreland pulls out an upset against Wash High, and then Wash High pulls out an upset, McGuffey. beats McGuffey, but also McGuffey would have to lose one more game. Yeah, I don't know Which where that would likely. come from. Yeah, no. so 
just looking at McGuffey's upcoming schedule, um, they travel to Brownsville this week. That could be a possible loss. They got Charleroi after that. So, I mean, it's looking dire for Southmoreland right now, um, but it it's not impossible. I'd say I, they're it's definitely close to impossible. They're definitely a playoff team right now. So, we'll see how that ends up yeah. going. But um, speaking of Wash High, um, they travel to Carmichael's this um, weekend. Uh, do you think Carmichael's can keep it close? Is the real question. No. No, not at all. Nope. I st- not at home. I don't think they can keep it close at home. Um, let's put it this way. Do you think East Allegheny is better or worse than Washington? I don't think it, they're better than Carmichael. Or I don't think... No, I do not think they're better than Washington. You don't think so? No, not at all. Well, I... I, I don't know, man. I'm pretty confident in Wash High at this point. I think Carmichael's is coming off of that tough loss at home I, I I'm, I'm sorry but they they did not play close to so East you Allegheny. don't think Wash High might be resting their starters this week or next week even because they got they're at Carmichael's this weekend and I, I I'd play my starters for that just to get them experience because the tough road environment you know Carmichael's is 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 one of the tougher destinations in um, the interstate but they got Beth Center next week they're definitely going to be resting the starters there because well, they I, got Southmoreland I mean, McGuffey right after on the road. You don't really rest starters that much, though, in high school, do you? And I, mean, I would. <laughs> I, that's not really a thing that happens, honestly. Like, you get another... Like, you're going to go out, and you're going to score a boatload of points in the first half, and then maybe you'll come out in the third quarter or the fourth quarter with your backups. But I don't think there's any way that the starters don't start the game. If another starter on Wash High goes down like Dylan Asprey did against a team that you really don't... Like, you don't want to be even remotely close to, like against Carmichael's or against Beth Center, that's not going to feel very good, especially going into matchups against Southmoreland McGuffey. So, oh, I agree, but I just don't think it's going to happen, honestly. Like, if I, I think Carmichael's could keep this game a little bit closer than East Allegheny just based on the situation that Wash High is in, just coming off of... Um, I mean, they have again, they haven't really been tested, and this is a, a nut... A, reason, a reasonable, tough road environment. So you never know. <laughs> I, I do not think Washington High is going to get tested. I think this is going to be another blowout. Another Friday night with loads of points for Washington High. But we'll just have to see. It's. <laughs> I mean, there's a big difference between like a team like Frazier and a team like Carmichael's for Wash High. I mean, you're coming off of a 64-point blowout. Like... And and Carmichael says one of the best quarterbacks in the Whipple right now. Like, I would trust Kevin Kelly to score points. Uh, as far as the defense versus Watch High offense, that's not that's not even a competition. But I, I think you can trust Carmichael's to at least keep this under the spread, which is why I'm going to go with the under at 34 points. And and 34 is a lot, and I'm hesitant, but I'm taking the over because. Even if Carmichael's has this great quarterback, even if Kelly really is so great, I mean, I don't think I don't trust their offensive line against a lot of teams, and certainly not against Wash High. How much is Kelly going to have to scramble? How much is he going to have to make throws on the run? And from what I can tell, he's not going to be. I don't think he's as good as that, good at that as some of the other teams that Washington's play this year, like California. So. 
And if you can't scramble against Wash Eye and you don't have a great offensive line, you're really not in good shape. And I, I think mean, that's Carmichael's has an experienced at. offensive line. I don't think they're that great, but they're at least experienced against teams. They have a lot of returning starters on their team this year, and it really has shown in certain games early in the year. Lately, it hasn't really shown up a lot, but I'm hoping they can at least get the under for me. Uh, I think they're going to score enough points for that to happen. Now, let's move into probably the most interesting game of the year so far. Um, Both California and West Green are undefeated, I believe. Uh, Yes. Undefeated in conference play. They're the only two in the Tri-County South left still undefeated after wins against Avella and Jefferson Morgan. Um, you're very pro West Green so far this year, and I am very pro California. So this should be an interesting discussion because um, I think California has a very very good shot at pulling the upset, um, despite how good Ben Jackson is. I think that California just has a completely different game plan than West Green does. If yeah. California were running the triple option like they did last year and just pounding the run. I think this would be almost a guaranteed win for West Green because their off their defensive line is legit. They got good linebackers. They're going to be able to stack the box against teams that don't have a good throwing quarterback. And California doesn't have a good throwing quarterback, but they Especially have weapons good. everywhere. Yes, and I think one of the big questions is, you know, what kind of talent is California returning? Who's coming back? Is Robinson going to be there? I, or, um, geez. Ramsey. Yeah, Ramsey. Oh I mean, goodness. after getting lifelinked last weekend, I doubt he'll be back. But, I mean, he said he's okay on Twitter. So, it's just, I, I have no idea how, what his status is. If Malik Ramsey somehow, by some miracle, starts this Friday, then good luck, West Green. Because West Green's secondary is probably the most... I mean, it's a huge unknown right now because no one's throwing the ball against them because no team can throw the ball against them. West Green has not played anyone that's marginally close to them as far as talent. And this is the first team that they're playing. Now, California has played Laurel, who's one of the best teams in 1A. They've played Wash High, and they didn't. They looked competent against Wash High for sure. So I don't think there's any reason why California can't win this game. I totally agree. And if... There was a version of College Game Day for high school. You can bet that they'd be that they'd be uh, at West Green. Get for this Riley game. Holsinger on on the phone. Get him in. Get him in um, the mascot head for one of these two teams. Yeah, yeah. Um, although it wouldn't be a mascot head because they're the Trojans and the Pioneers, so you'd either be putting on like a coonskin cap or a Trojan helmet. But <laughs> you get the gist. Um, let's just go by. The, the matchups by positions. I think between California's quarterbacks or California quarterback in receivers versus West Green's secondary, it's not even a competition right now. I mean, despite Coaches Ryan's throwing ability, I think that the amount of weapons on California's team is going to be tough for anyone. Despite how... Like, if, if Coaches Ryan can throw average to above average in this game... They should win because they have enough weapons to be able to make the catches. And I think one of the things that you're looking at and really liking for this game is the way that Coach East Ryan played against Washington because we've seen him be tested against the big, bad defensive line of Washington. 
you know, I don't I don't really think that West Green has a better defensive front than Washington. Um, they're both extremely talented. But the point is, he knows how to scramble. He knows how to avoid being sacked. He knows how to use his legs. And that's going to be a huge thing for for California because I'd say that um, in my, from what I've seen, West Green's defensive line isn't particularly fast. They're just extremely dominant physically. Yeah. And absolutely. I don't think that they're going to have much of a chance of chasing around Coach East Ryan in the backfield. Yeah, they haven't really played a mobile quarterback so yeah. far this year at all either. And a lot of the teams they've played use their quarterback mainly to rush. And when I say rush, it's not like the Coach East Ryan scrambling around and you know going to the outside and making a play. We're talking taking the ball and going straight up the middle. Yeah, or taking it on a read option. Yeah. So And that plays right into West Green's strengths. Yeah. Um, as far as comparing the lines, though, um, between California's offensive line and defensive line, I think that's a great matchup because California's offensive line has been reliable this year, I think. They've been an upper offensive line that we've seen. Um, they got guys on there that are able to make blocks, and that's more than just about any other team that that's played West Green can say. So, but the other way around, I think Cal- West Green's offensive line is slightly better than California's defensive line. California's defensive line hasn't been super special all year. It's been mainly their secondary and linebacking core. So that those are two matchups that I'm really interested in. No, I I, I think <coughs> from what I've seen, West I I think I, and this reflects back on what you said earlier about which team both of us have been high on this year. I think West Green's defensive line is most likely clearly better yeah. than, well, than the offensive line for California. I don't know about that. And that's, I don't know that's about the that. disagreement. I mean, yeah, I don't know about that because Wash High had a re- they have a Class A defensive line, and California was in that game. Like they They weren't really competing that well, but, I mean, they were able to make plays. They were able to run the ball. I mean, when Coach East Ryan had a couple breakout runs where their blocks were good against Wash High. Yeah. So, it, on Wash High's defensive line, again, you said it, it's not even more cl- anywhere close to where West Green, although West Green's good, like, Wash High's on another level. Yeah. So, that's why I'm... Re- I, and Beth Center didn't stand a chance against their offensive line the week one. They weren't, There wasn't any pressure under Coach East Ryan. So, I mean... Yeah, I, I see where you're coming from, but I still think California's offensive line is something... It, it's very underrated. Well, let's put it this way. It's definitely the best offensive line West Green's played. Absolutely. So you're not sure how that's going to play out, but I still think that if California wins this game, it has a lot more to do with the mobility of Coach East Ryan than the offensive line play. Yeah. Because he's the one that's going to extend the play, and that's what matters, I think, in this game. Yeah. <laughs> And, and don't underestimate the weapons of California, too, because, again, they got, you know, Nathan O'Savage, Matt Tronzel, Damani Stafford, uh, Jaden Zusak, like, weapons everywhere. Um, and is there one defensive back for West Green that you're willing to point to and say, hey, you cover this guy and do it well? I, I wouldn't, right now, I wouldn't trust any of them against any of the weapons that California has, because California, they're, they're different this year. They're going to throw the ball against you. Um, and West Green does not throw the ball at all. Yeah. So talk about an overmatch on the other side of the ball, too, because we've been talking about California and their 
their their weapons over the secondary of West Green. We should talk about how overmatched Ben Jackson is against the California defense because the California defense has not been something that's super hot this year. No, and I think especially once Ben Jackson gets to the second level, you know, once he gets into that group of linebackers, safeties, corners, there's no chance. You know, I think Ben Jackson is one of those players where you have to get him with the big guy. You have to get him with your defensive tackle. You have to get him with your defensive end. There's not really that guy on California. Like, there's good pieces in places, but there's not one standout guy that's yeah. going to stop the run right away or get off the block yeah. quickly. And that's huge because Ben Jackson will run over pretty much anybody. And that's, you know... Well, that we haven't we haven't seen him run over anyone yet, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I know what you're saying, but I, I still think you can't... Like you can't fake what he's doing. I don't. I don't expect Ben Jackson to look much different. He won't be as dominant, but he's still going to be the same Ben Jackson. As long as there isn't any injuries, as long as he isn't sick or something, you know. If all else goes normal, <laughs> I think Ben Jackson's going to have a really good night, like usual. Yeah. And it'll just come down to, you know, can Ben Jackson carry his team on offense? Because, like we've said, West Green doesn't really throw the ball. Their quarterback will run it. You know, but they don't really throw the ball very much. Yeah, I and mean California is good. Yeah, California is a very talented secondary. Yeah, Coachies Ryan has is a great corner. He can he can he gets plenty of interceptions. Coachies Ryan is going to have trouble doing anything in this game on defense. I think because they're not Gavin Scott is not going to throw the ball like at all. Yeah. Um. I I, I feel sorry for Austin Krause because Austin Krause is going to have Coachies Ryan up in his face the almost the entire game and he's never going to get targeted. Um, California, if they stack the box, I mean, Benworth stacks the box against West Green and Ben Jackson can just run over eight guys. If California stacks the box against West Green, how much of a difference is that between them and Bentworth? Like, Ben Jackson runs over one guy, but is there three more guys that are off their blocks willing to stop him right there? So that's another battle where you you just don't know where California is going to be as far as defensively. Um and, and their linebackers aren't horrible. Like, Lucas Qualk in the middle is fine. So, I, between Lu, Lucas Qualk versus Ben Jackson, um, obviously Qualk is a little undersized, but I wouldn't count out... Like, Ben Jackson isn't going to break an 80-yarder in this game just because, like, California's secondary is fine. So they're going to be able to stop the run, at least in the second level, you'd think. I, I disagree. I, I think... If Ben Jackson gets in the second level, there's nobody physical enough to take him on. Their secondary is great in pass protection, but from what I've seen, they're not the best at... I mean, downhill running, they really struggled against exactly. Washai. And Washai yeah. just didn't down. They just didn't run it right down the middle. So, yeah. I don't know. Like, when Michael Allen in that game ran down the middle, they had trouble stopping him. And then in the second half, they just stopped running Michael Allen down yeah. the middle and ran Swartz to the side. So... I mean, that's another element to the game where it's like, can Gavin Scott stretch out the defense too? And he, you've seen that he can against weaker opponents, but how how is his mobility against a team like California? Yeah. So, well, you want to pick pick this game real quick here. All right. Um, so, our spread is eight in favor of West Green. I have the under. I think that's very reasonable. I think this is going to be one of the best games we've seen this year. Um, seems like the best team games always follow California. 
But I don't think I think it'll be close. When I say all these things, when I say that I'm high on West Green, you know, it's not that I don't think it's gonna be close. And I trust me, I acknowledge California. And the fact that they I am picking the under says a lot about their team because I have so much respect for those guys. And honestly, they're they're kind of like the the fun team of the year. Like you're the they're the team you're kind of rooting for. You know, they start that start the year with that big big win, first time in forty some years. You know, so California is kind of like the the fairy tale story of this year in some ways. You know, just totally changing around their offense, bringing in a wide receiver, quarterback, new, head coach, too, new yeah. head coach, and just really playing well. They're the team that made the right improvements. You know, but I think West Green's physical dominance is going to get them. I've got the under. So you got the under for West Green, and that's that's a really. I think if West Green wins this game, they win it by at least two touchdowns, but I don't think they'll win. So I'm going to go with California. Just play. California has played close games with good teams, and West Green has played not good, not close games against not good teams. I think we haven't seen West Green under any adversity, and I think that's the difference for me because I think California, they have played. They played against Beth Center. They pulled yeah. out a win. They played against Wash High. It was, it was, it was. It got a little dicey for the Prexies at times, but that game ended up not being close. Um, they played a close game with Laurel until the rain ended it. So uh, there is no reason why California can't play a close game with this with 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 West Green and be able to win because I think if West Green played Laurel, West Green would probably win, but not by a lot. And if West Green play Wash High, it wouldn't even be close. If West Green play Beth Center, I think they'd win, but it would be a little bit closer than Laurel would be. So um, I'm going to take California just because they they have all that experience against better teams that West Green just doesn't have. Yeah, and I think that's a very reasonable pick. I wouldn't be surprised if either of us is correct. So we'll have to see. It's going to be a good time. I'm excited for it. All right, next up we got Riverview at Jefferson Morgan. Riverview won this game by 11 points last year. So, and Riverview is also 1-4. Jefferson Morgan is much improved. Jefferson Morgan's coming off a kind of embarrassing loss on the road. They're returning home. Um, a six-point favorites for Riverview. I'm going to go with the Rockets just because I think their offense is improving week to week a little bit. I mean, scoring 21 against California is all right. You'd hope your defense play better against them, but I'm going to go with the Rockets in this one at home. I've got the over. <coughs> um, I think I'm a little con- I'm just concerned about the inconsistency with Jefferson Morgan's offense. Um, you see them score a lot one week, not a lot the other, and sure that has a lot to do with the opponent, but I don't think, you know, I think especially later in the game when California is already winning by maybe 30 or 40 points, you know, when they have their backups in, you'd expect to see more than 21, in my mind, from Jefferson Morgan, considering the fact that California has an okay defense, but as we said before, nothing special. So I've got Riverview for this one, plus it's only a six-point spread, so I'm pretty comfortable with that. All right. Next up, Mapletown returns home against Greensburg Central Catholic. This game was a blowout last year. Greensburg Central Catholic is one of those teams pining for one of the eight playoff spots in 1A in Whitfield. So... I think this is a pretty easy pick. Although it's 34 points and Mapletown's at home, Mapletown has not shown just about anything on defense all year to make me think that their defense will hold them under two five to under five touchdowns. So I'm going to go with Greensburg Central Catholic with the over. 
I agree. Um, not much to say about this. Nathan said it pretty well. Maple Town's a tough team. Uh, tough as in... Tough to pick. Yeah, because, exactly. Because the spreads are so lopsided, you're basically betting on horse money. So Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, just a tough pick because you're like, uh, five touchdowns are they going to give up in the fourth quarter or not? So, uh, East Allegheny plays Beth Center. East Allegheny, of course, had a dominant win at Carmichael's last week. So, East Allegheny goes at Beth Center this week, and the spread's 20 for East Allegheny. Is it an over or an under? You just changed your pick, but I had the over originally, so I'll say you copied me. No, I was... <laughs> I... I was looking at that and realizing that it was a very, in my opinion, not a very smart decision to have the under there. Um, yeah. I mean, is there anything on the best center defense that makes you think they would hold them to under 20? Exactly. They're like, no. And I think if you look at best center last week, you know, you're, that loss to Charleroi, I mean, geez. I mean, that's, that's tough. Charleroi's I mean, a better game, a better Charleroi's team. a good team, yes, but... You know, I think East Allegheny shouldn't have too much trouble with this one. All right, and now we got a fun rubber match. Avella at Benworth, two really not good teams. I think Benworth is probably the best out of the bottom three, but uh, that's why they're 21-point favorites. Yeah, so they're 21-point favorites. Um, I think this is a good over. Avella has not shown anything to anyone about how good they are <laughs> because they aren't. Um, and Bentworth had had that game against Mapletown, which went into crazy double digits. So I'm gonna go with Bentworth on this one. Yeah, and I think Bentworth's defensive line is good too. So I think they'll be able to hold. I mean, th- they had a nice game against Washington the first quarter. They did. They were getting pressure. Brownsville. Jeez, my gosh. I'm <laughs> okay. Listen, it's like 95 degrees in here. I'm like hallucinating. For, okay, first off, what happened to fall? Yeah. When, like, it's going to go from summer to winter in, like, three days. We're not even going to get fall. It's it just going to be It's just gonna be 90 one day and then snowing the next day. It is actually, like, when I checked the forecast for today, it was supposed to be 92 right now. And we're sitting in here, and, of course, we have to have the fans off, and we have to close the windows so there's no outside noise. And it's hot. It wears on you. Yeah, this is so, like an oven in here. I've, I've made some, I've said some things. I've got some names wrong during this. Please be forgiving. It's a it's a <laughs> marathon, Nick, not a race. I know. I <laughs> so, know. All right. So oh, I knew that. We went to a Brownsville game. I'm really sorry. I, right. I am. <laughs> Let's revise that. Benworth does not have a good defensive line because they're vastly undersized. So, yeah, taking the over as well. I take it. <laughs> yes. All right. Let's get away from that and Speaking get into of Brownsville. Brownsville. Yeah, exactly. Um, McGuffey is at Brownsville. This would probably be a game of the week that I'd want to send somebody to because it is a good matchup, I guess. I think McGuffey will score just as many points as Wash High did, but uh, we couldn't send a guy to this game because Brownsville's field does not have very good Wi-Fi. So, um, or, or data. Service. Yeah, service, exactly. So we both have the over on a 27-point spread because I think this will look pretty similar to what the Wash High game looked like. Although I think I have more confidence in McGuffey to score a lot of points early just based on how he came out a little sluggish against Southmoreland. So, True. A pretty easy over for me on this one. Alright. Uh, next up, we have a team that we have not talked about yet. Do you want to tell your story about this one? or 
Sure. Hold it for so, another day. <laughs> so, because we'll probably never talk about Leechburg again. Uh, they we, they play another team, I think, coming down the stretch. So, we'll, we'll, we might mention them again. But anyways, my grandma's from Leechburg. So, I was talking to her on the phone a couple days ago, and she's like, Hey, if you ever get a chance, you should go to a Leechburg game. Because that's where she's from. And unfortunately, we're not going to that game because... The, the whole California West Green thing is pretty big deal. It's a little bit bigger. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Both of these teams aren't very good. Leechburg's probably a little less not good than Frazier is. That's why I'm going with the over on a 21-point spread. I'm taking the under just because I think... Tw- and I'm sorry, Grandma, for... <laughs> although she did say she knows that their football team isn't very good anymore. But anyways... um. 21 points is a little too much for a team that I don't really know too much about. You know, it's at Fraser too, so that could play into it. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not I'm not I wouldn't be surprised if Leechburg won. I'm not picking the under and win for Fraser. But I think it could be a close game. I think these are two fairly evenly matched teams, but it'll be interesting to see because we haven't really covered Leechburg very much or at all. Um, yeah. we're pretty familiar with Fraser at this point, but they can still be confusing at times. In two like weeks, everybody. Leechburg is at home against Bentworth. So that should there be an go. interesting game. Um, moving on, though, we got Waynesburg Central. They're at Quaker Valley. 38-point spread. Just going with the over. Because Waynesburg Central, their offense has not been able to score points. Their defense has not been able to stop people from scoring points, except against Jefferson Morgan. So and I think not this to is an mention, over for me. I don't have any confidence in the Raiders in picking with the spread. And not to mention that Quaker Valley, a pretty good team. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> if you know anything about high school football, you know that Quaker Valley is a very good team. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't think 38 points is all that much to ask of them. I'd be surprised, honestly, if they score less than that. I hate to say it as someone that's sitting in Waynesburg right now, but that's how it is. That's the truth. All right, and then we got uh, two not good teams, Ringgold at Laurel Highlands. Trinity was able to mop up the floor pretty well against Ringgold, so I'm going to take Laurel Highlands at home on this one. Yeah, we got them as a 13-point favorite, Laurel Highlands. I agree. Um, Trinity has proven itself to be definitely one of the not terrible teams, but I guess underperforming teams of the season. And the fact that Ringgold lost to them is a little concerning. I mean, Laurel Highlands is honestly in the same boat. And I think there's a lot of similarities between this and the Leechburg and Frazier. Because you're looking at two teams that aren't really terrible, but also aren't all that successful, and they're kind of just looking for another win in the season. And I think Ringgold takes the form of Frazier in this matchup, so I'm going to go with Laurel Highlands for that reason. Uh, Bell Vernon at Trinity. Bell Vernon is a good team in that division. Trinity is not, and that's why the Leopards are 33-point favorites. There, it's a it's a road game, so that can, might play into it a little bit. Um, I'm actually gonna change my pick. I originally had the over for Bell Vernon, but I think Trinity has been kind of trending well lately, so I'm gonna take the Hillers with the under. I've got the over. Uh, Bell Vernon is an impressive team consistently, and I think from what we've seen of Trinity, they are not the best. <laughs> um, the fact that they were home versus West Mifflin didn't seem to make much of a difference. I think Bell Vernon is a comparable team to West Mifflin, so I'm comfortable with the over for this one. All right. Well, that'll end our picks against the spread. We are really looking forward to some of the matchups this week, um, in particular California West Green, McGuffey, Brownsville, even Riverview, Jefferson Morgan could be a thriller. So um, 
Yeah, a lot of interesting games, something we haven't been able to say the last couple weeks. And make sure you check out Nathan on Twitter for live updates of that California West Green game. There's going to be plenty of highlights. So if you want to see Ben Jackson run someone over, if you want to see the all the scrambling fun action of the of the California backfield, if you want to see Lucas Qualk make a gritty play on offense and lower the shoulder to get a first down, check out Nathan's yep. live At updates. Nathan Grilla. And then you can check out Nick on Twitter, but he never uses it, so I don't know why you would want to do that. I but wouldn't. That's at NickHoss75. Um, both of those are our Gmails as well. Um, you can hit me up on Twitter or, and ask a question or just give us advice. Um, you can go subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and CastBox and probably a couple other illegal podcast sites that just steals our RSS feed. So we're probably on there too. Um, we are... Is that it? I think oh, we're... Oh, got it. Rep WesternPAFootball.net. Of course. Uh, um, go check out articles on WesternPAFootball.net written by me, Nathan Grello. Nick never writes any articles, but um, maybe we'll get him to write one sometime. Um, Brock Owens, our other compatriot who we have not been able to get on as of yet, but hopefully we can get on next week because he will be covering the Wash High and Carmichael's game. Maybe he can tell us a little bit of what happens in that game. Um, he writes some good articles as well, so go check all of that out. Uh, go listen to a fresh set of downs also. A really good oh, podcast yeah. on the Western BF Football Podcast Network run by Billy Splain, our boss, and he usually has a couple guests on there too. So uh, he covers the all of Pennsylvania high school football really well on his podcast and is really in- an interesting listen if you like our podcast. So For sure. All right. And that'll be about it. This is Nathan Grella. And I'm Nick Hosshalter. And you have been listening to the Backyard Football Podcast. We'll see you next week. Yep. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Backyard Football Podcast. With Nathan Grella, Nick Hosshalter, and Brock Owens. The Backyard Football Podcast is a member of the Western PA Football Podcast Network. For more information, follow the podcast on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to the podcast on CastBox and Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening, and have a great day. still here? It's over. Go home. Go.